It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Unscrupled, covering Angel and his merry band of plot-armored friends. <laughs> Season 4, Episodes 7 and 8. Apocalypse Now-ish and Habeas Corpses. In these episodes, we get two puns in the title. Yay. Welcome to Unscrupled. Hi. Hi. Who the fuck are you? I'm Money, and who are you? Uh, I'm Bitches. And together we are Money and Bitches. <laughs> fuck you so hard. You picked for me first. I hate it. It's been a while. So, yeah, guys, we had a we had a work thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And we had a home thing. Yeah, and we also had plague post-work thing. Yeah, we we had plague twice. Like we had two, two plagues. specific plagues. Yes. And a spoon shortage. Yeah. And uh, Bitches is now a redhead, which I never thought I'd see. So <laughs> You've seen it before. I really haven't. I've only ever seen you pink because you have managed to stay out of my eyeline until it turned pink okay. back in college. All right. So, Roger that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've watched this, these pair of episodes twice. Yep. And uh, I don't know how to feel about them. There's a lot that happens. There's a lot that happens, and at the same time, there's not a lot that happens. Yeah. It's very... I, You're going to hate me for saying this, but I got a very season eight Game of Thrones vibe from it. I'm not going to fight you on that. Because this is some crazy-ass shit. A lot of crazy-ass shit, but no ramifications for it. Because mm-hmm. like this is like the third time we've seen a massacre at Wolfram and Hart. And they seem to be fine with it. Like, yeah, there's no morale problem. There's quickly. no, like, um, leadership doesn't have to hire really quickly. Like, all of their projects seem like they don't get derailed enough for them to have any decrease in business. Like, they don't have any trouble paying the rent on that fucking building. And, mm-hmm. like, also, we saw a 
bunch of very rich, very powerful LA people get murdered and nothing happens with that. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like Cersei blowing up the fucking sept. It's like... Uh, Fire rained down from the sky. That's what they talk about, right? And they mention yeah. that fire rained down from the sky. But I'll bet you anything that the next episode, Wolfram and Hart will be back up and running just like it always was. And, uh, yeah, like there will not be any... Uh, Angel will not be hired to investigate the deaths of any of these people, which... Well, I suppose we'll find out. Yeah, so... Also, the Joss Whedon rule of kill the character that everyone is least invested in and called it a day. Mm, Gavin? Yeah. <laughs> like, we see this a lot. It's, like, Miss Carpenter and Tara and Joyce and uh, Doyle and uh, Gavin and Gavin's boss and the boss before that. It's, like... Let's count up all the recurring characters, and the one who has been around the least is the one who gets killed. Yeah, that's fair. So, so yeah. yeah. Um, so there's there's a bunch to kind of talk about, and okay. I think we should go by character. All right, let's like go by we character. Usually do. And so, who should we start with? Let's start where we usually start because I hate them. Gun and Fred it is. Gun and Fred. And I I don't want to hate Gun. I just feel like he's so underused and uh, Yeah. So they're having a spat. Well, he he made a wrong call. Yes, he did. He made a wrong call in our previous episodes and Fred is having a lot of complex feelings about that, and I really don't blame her. He took away her agency. I don't blame her either, but... Yeah, but it's not interesting to you? It doesn't fit, like, it feels like the ramifications of this incredible violation of trust Mm -hmm. and violation of agency is going to be an episode or two where Fred is short with him. And then he's going to apologize or somehow make up for it in some half-assed way. And then they're going to call it a day. Like, I, it's really... Are you okay? I have a sneeze. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I would be shocked if the, the um, consequences of this act extend beyond... Um, Angry sex. Like, I don't think there's going to be a breakup out of this. Ah, but there should be. There should be because... Or, you know what would be even better if they didn't break up? If they, like, ran off together and I never had to look at them again. (laughs) Or maybe they got some couples counseling, just saying. I am. Like, because I get it. Fred was trying... Or, like, Gunn was trying to protect Fred from having to carry the burden of, you know, murder... And frankly, she deserves that burden. She she gets to have it because she has the rage and she has to find that out in her own way. But she also has to tell him, yo, bro, that ain't cool. If I want to take that on, that's my business. Mm-hmm. And he needs to understand that he doesn't get to protect her from that. Yeah, and it's just like, I feel like everything Gunn has done has been him being led forward by the plot instead of the other way around. There oh, is totally nothing fair. in his 
history that suggests he would have this weird moral qualm about killing someone who very much deserved to be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, like, I, I get that um, Wesley has the whole history of the Watcher's Council, mm-hmm. and Cordy spent a long time with Buffy, and... Uh, I don't know about Lauren, but, like, I see Angel has a soul. So, like, killing a human being, I can see all of them have major hang-ups about that. Gunn is not from that world. Why does he make the same moral calculation? And it's just, yeah, it's, this doesn't fit who Gunn is supposed to be. And I just feel like Gunn has moved so far from being an interesting character. And I look at him and I see the ghost of this gang leader who was... Uh, leading a revolution to stop the vampires feeding on poor people and now I look at him as a second in command to fucking Cordy I guess at this point I don't even know who's in charge anymore I don't think anyone knows who's who's in charge anymore it's kind of Angel and Gunn honestly Gunn isn't even second in command no one ever asks him for stuff. They, he's an extra set of fists. Yeah, I, it's and not even super like effective in these episodes. Poor guy doesn't even land a blow as far as I saw. Yeah, so guys, like writers, why? Like, it's not enough to just have a person of color. You also have to like write them. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know. What's the He's tokenized in these, especially. I don't, I don't even want to give him that. Like, a token wouldn't imply that he is, like, he has personality there to fill something out. Oh, he's almost like an NPC. Exactly. Oh, wow. Oh, that's terrible. Sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate that they did that to Gun. And so, I've seen bro too much lately. I mean, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Fred spends the first episode sitting in a diner, and uh, they almost passed the Bechtel test with this. Almost. They were so close. <laughs> Whereas they were talking about the coffee, and then suddenly the conversation veers into talking about boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, I have so little. Anyway. Um, so let's talk about their relationship because that's all they get to talk about, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still fighting demons together, but they're not really, Fred and Gunn aren't really interacting on the level that they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where it feels like demon hunting is the only quality time they're spending. He makes mention after the rat debacle as they're heading back up and she's saying how much she wants a bubble bath that. They don't have intimacy anymore. That's just kind of gone from their relationship. They don't talk. They don't touch. All of that's gone. They're now co-workers. Yeah. Fred, do yourself a favor. Pull the plug. See, I don't don't. want her to pull the plug. Because then if she pulls the plug, then I have to watch Wesley get all uh, grabby over her. Oh, yeah. So... Like, and that prospect scares me. <laughs> I hate these, like, group dude groups where they get one girl in the group and they all have to fight over who's going to claim her. I hate the giving romance as something for someone to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
So these these are all people with like all kinds of backstory and talents and interests and hobbies and quests that we could be talking about, but no, it's about who's in love with Fred, right? And who's Fred going to pick? Wah, wah, wah. Nobody cares. Nobody. Fred is a non-entity. Even Lila doesn't care much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I think we're talking about Wesley and Lila now because oh, we're yeah. looking at that fucking door. Let's oh my move God. right on there. That's what we call a segue, guys. So I think I mentioned this to you. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but there was this cute little show around 2002 called Clone High. Where it was animated and the premise of the show was in the 80s. They dug up like lots of famous people and cloned them and now all the clones are in high school. Sweet. Right? And one of them is Cleopatra. And one of them is JFK. Okay. And they're dating. Word. Oh my god, that's Oh, they are very much the villains of the show. Of course they are. (laughs) Right, because they... um, So Abe Lincoln has a crush on Cleopatra and he runs into her in her garden where she's sniffing a flower and she says... I come here every time that JFK and I break up for good. It seems like I'm here a lot. Oh. This is how I feel about Wesley and Lila. Yeah. Like, every single time we see these two together, there's a tense conversation about how this is the last time, and I mean it this time, and it comes from both ends, and they fight, and nothing fucking happens about it. See, they're the ones that are having the angry get back together and break up sex. Like, and it's in that order. Like, right. But and it, then they retcon it later in their heads. Uh, I just, I'm so bored with this. Like, if you're going to have us do this hate fuck thing, go back to them actually hate fucking or go like show them well, developing a relationship instead of constantly talking about why this isn't a thing. See, that's the thing, though. You can't maintain hate fucking forever. Eventually, the rage dies down, and you find out you actually might care about this person you've been touching for however many months. Yeah, and that's fine. But stop having every single moment or every single encounter with these two have a conversation about how this can't happen anymore. But if I they... don't remember the last scene I saw between these two where they were not talking about how this doesn't work. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a heavy-handed tool used to suggest that Wesley hasn't gone full dark. Um, well, that and, like, stop doing it. Yeah. Just do he's, it once or twice. He's conflicted, don't you know? Because his heart wants to, you know, be pure and good, but his dick wants evil pussy. And now, like, you know, Cordy has not been done right by this show. And now Lila has not been done right by this show. Because the next time we see them together, Lila shows up doing her best Fred impression. Yeah. What the fuck is, like, what is even happening? Okay, listeners, hot or not, I gotta know. Did you like it? Because I've got some feels. All right, talk about your feelings. Oh, I thought it was both brilliant and kind of pathetic for Lila. And I'm sad for her as a character that she feels like she has to do that to get Wesley's attention. But also, she used it to stab him right in the heart and make him, like confront his feelings and understand that no one's fucking fooled by you, bro. 
No one, everyone can see that you're pining. Shut up and figure your shit out. I see, I don't find Lila. This is not in character for Lila. Even a guy she cared about, like, she's smart enough to have a conversation about it or force the issue some other way rather than humiliate herself by putting on a fake Texas accent and little schoolgirl clothes. Like, I saw how badass she was when she killed her boss. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how Lila deals with problems. I saw how badass she was when she killed Billy. Yeah. Yeah. That so, was some cold ass shit. And so I no, I don't think she would like talk about it. She would tell about it. She would just be like, yo, this whole th- this whole uh 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 what what is it when preoccupation with with, you know, nerd girl with no tits is, you know, cute and all, but I'm kind of over it. So if you could just figure your shit out. I'd be much obliged. I know. And Lila is such a stone-cold bitch that, like, she knows how to bury her feelings. So she'd be like, listen, motherfucker, get your head out of uh, little Freddy No-Tits <laughs> bosom or I'm or I'm kicking your ass to the curb. And you know what? Your dick is the only thing keeping you off my kill list right now. So make your fucking choice. Yeah. And she'd probably feel bad about it, but she'd look at herself in the mirror and she's like, yeah, that sucks. But get, you know what I like more than uh, Wesley? Getting paid. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is who she is. You know who I like more than Wesley? Me. Exactly. <laughs> so this is really out of character for Lila, and I fucking hate it. That's fair. And it's, uh, the show is not good to women. Oh yeah. my god. Yep. The thing where she was I've oh that's in the next episode. Never mind. We'll we'll come back to that. Yeah, I think um, we're gonna have to talk about the zombie thing as oh, its own yeah. entity. Oh yeah, because it kinda is. Um so I is there anything we need to to say about Wes or um yeah, Wesley and Lila in this first episode other than that? No, I just fucking hate it. Okay. So then we move on to let's see, Lorne. Lorne hasn't got a lot to do. Lorne has nothing going on. I yeah. don't remember a single thing that happened with Lorne other than him looking at his drink. Exactly. Okay, uh moving on from Lorne, um the man himself, Angel. What is Angel doing? Oh man. What is, how does he keep his ass busy during this thing? I don't even remember. What is Angel up to? So, in this first episode, he's kind of running around, mm-hmm. uh, getting his ass whooped by that big demony guy. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically accomplishing nothing. He, he, he really does a whole lot of nothing. Pretty much the only thing he actually accomplishes in this episode that I can remember is watch his son and his lady love bang it out. And I believe that was in the cold open of the... No, that's at the end of this one and okay. the open of that one. Okay. It's um, how they tied them together. So, yeah, I, like literally for the first episode, I don't remember anything that Angel does. So, Well, let's just say he did nothing to move on. Now, let's talk about this demon dude. We want to talk about that or we want to talk about Corey and Cop? Cor- oh, we have to talk about corny. them last. <laughs> corny. 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 That's their couple name. Oh, 
we really okay fine we so, have to talk about them last let's talk about this demon guy alright so this demon guy has uh, emerged because there's an apocalypse going on I we don't know if it's the apocalypse referred to uh, where Angel will become human we don't know if it's the apocalypse that Wolfram and Hart has been like kind of hedging their bets on we don't know if Angel is somehow responsible for it. We don't know if Connor is somehow responsible for it. But apparently this dude is the apocalypse. And I really did like this costume. Oh, yeah. The costume is fantastic. Like, on the stilts? Oh, like, that's hard to get right. And they did it. Yeah. So, like, I've seen those costumes where they walk on hooves, and very often they look they look like you're on fucking stilts. But no, they they put the angles at the right spot so it looks like the knees are in the right place. That's very difficult. Yes. Yeah. The costume is fantastic. The guy is actually scary. The thing where anytime someone hits him, nothing, like, like it doesn't do... It right. sounds... Like, the foley on this is painful to hear because, like, they're, they're very careful to not have a regular human hit this guy. Right. Because, Yeah. So um, does Connor not count as a regular human? No, he doesn't. Because later on, when uh, Cordy's patching him up, he she's like, "Oh my god, I think your ribs are broken." He's like, "Yeah, I've never been broken before. I didn't even Kortoth. I didn't think I could be." I don't remember that at all. Oh well, it's totally there. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he bursts from the dark of the alleyway, and of course, Cordy is having a vision. That they need to be here. Mm-hmm. And she gets attacked by this dude. Like you do. Um, she just gets kind of picked up by her neck and thrown a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And as we all know in action sequences, being thrown doesn't actually hurt you even a little bit. Or being grabbed by your neck. Or being grabbed by your neck. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she's actually fine. Just a little bruised. Um and Connor's pretty fine too, considering or that he's got really fast healing, which would make sense. I think what it is is that Connor has vampire strength, speed, and ability without the need for blood. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Sure. What else? Um, yeah. So this dude, like the rest of the crew, and this is where Wesley's kind of let back in. Like after all this dancing around, they're like, yeah, fine, you're here. Yeah. And there's still some, like, bro you're not, we're not friends, dude. But I'm like, shut the fuck up. None yeah. of you have, none of you have friends. You only have colleagues. Yeah. So, like, stop trying to pretend that there was any relationship other than we have to be together every day. Yeah. Because we work, this is how we pay the fucking bills. And Wesley's here to do a fucking job. Yeah. So, pretty much, as far as I remember, and again, we watched this twice, but this episode is so convoluted, it's hard to tell. Um, Wesley shows up, and rather than doing any kind of, you know, normal research that they usually do as to what this thing could be, they just gear up and go try to kill it. Now, yeah. I expect that from Angel. Well, no, you. there was the whole paper scene where they're laying the things. Okay, yeah, they figure out where the damn That's thing what is. keeps the three men kind of busy through most of this episode. Oh, yeah, because they get the printout of what they got from Lauren's head. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they put together an X, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it takes a while. But, like, after that, they still don't know what this demony guy is. Right. They, don't st- they still don't know, like, what he means other than, you know, 
apocalypse, but what kind of apocalypse? Because we've seen six or seven different flavors Yeah, of there's been a lot of apocalypse, guys. And, yeah, like, I feel like maybe doing a little research might help them figure out how to kill this invincible beast, you know, maybe. Um, and I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you, that Wesley doesn't fucking suggest that, because he's that guy. He's He wants to go in knowing as much as possible. I know, and it's, like, it's... Uh, but at the same time, I'm glad he doesn't because, like, throughout this and the run of Buffy, it's been like, here's a thing. Let's find out more information about the thing. Okay, let's let's do research till we find a weak point. Find a weak point within the last six minutes of the movie, or without six minutes of the show, defeat the thing, maybe 30 seconds of wrap-up, and, like, so I'm like, okay, yes, here's something that you don't get a deus ex machina information about. Okay. They, they kind of like, another disappointment with Glory is that they don't have to actually do any investigative work. Mm-hmm. They rather than they can't find anything in the books, and I'm like, okay, good. They have to like trial and error and figure out what the fuck is going on with this woman. But no, Giles comes in at the last minute and exposits. Yeah. So it's nice to not know what we are dealing with for okay. once. That's fair. I just feel like it's out of character for no one to say. Maybe this isn't a book. Yeah. Like, I wanted at least that throwaway line and Angel being like, guys, we don't have time for that. We have to at least try. Yeah. Because something fucked up's going out. Right. Right now. So the ex takes them to... Okay, so Cordy shows up uh, after their encounter. And she says, uh, yeah, it happened in the alley where Connor was born. That's in the next episode. First, is it? Cord- yeah, first Cordy okay. and Connor got up banging out because they they escaped. That's the right. Beast. Okay, yeah. They went to his um, his apartment loft thing, burnt out warehouse, whatever the fuck he's living in. Um, they went there, and uh, the after the beast ignited his corpses. Fire started raining from the yeah. sky. So they and while that happened, they did their thing. Right. So backing up, like they figure out that the X means that it's going to be at this like rooftop party where there's a lot of famous rich people. Well, okay. The X was on top of the building that Caritas was in because it's a hot spot. It had nothing to do with famous people. It was okay. just about that's a psychic. So where did I get that the the victims here were famous people? Um, I think you just assume that because it's LA, but I don't remember that even a little bit. I I have memories of hearing this twice. Like there's this is an important location because of the people there. So. Um, I anyway, can go back and check. It doesn't matter. They're never going to come up again. Yeah, it doesn't There are no consequences to uh, civilian death in this show. That's fair. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, he makes an X of dead bodies, and he's doing something we don't know, and it's like... Yeah, so they show up, and they start to fight, and they get their asses handed to them. Angel takes a stake to the throat, which looks very fucking painful. Yeah, but I don't understand why it stopped him dead. He doesn't breathe. It, like, takes a giant chunk. So, like, it probably fucking hurts. Well, yeah, it does. You know who's been in pain before? Angel. He spent a hundred years in a hell dimension, for Christ's sake. Mm. I'm pretty sure, you know, pain's a thing he's done. I've had my face ripped open, and I still 
can't do anything for a day after an uncomfortable mosquito bite. So. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And I've literally had my skull cracked open, so. Uh, fine. Okay, so anyway, it just, yeah, he was thrown. And then he was actually thrown. They were all thrown. What I want to know is how come this beast doesn't just rip all of them to pieces? Because he obviously can. He's I, very skilled at killing, and he because doesn't of kill any plot armor. Plot armor is strong in this one. I just super, like super strong. It's hard for me to give a shit about any action sequence. Like if you don't have me invested in the bad guy, I don't care because I know the good guy's going to be fine. Mm. When's the last time we lost a good guy in a fight? Kendra. Will. That wasn't a fight. That was a sacrifice. Okay, Kendra. That was choreographed. It was like, I'm going to kill myself. Play okay, montage. you're right. It was Kendra, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. yeah. So, you guys don't lose fights, though, don't you know? Well, they lose fights all the time. There's just never any consequences for that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Beast Guy. He seems like a formidable villain. You know why I'm a fan of him? Why? Keeps his goddamn mouth shut. There's that, too. It's harder to sound real dumb if you just, you know, kill things and mind your manners. Yeah. Yeah. So, I had a middle school history teacher who had written on the board, it is better to say nothing and let the world think you are a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. Open your mouth and re- remove all doubt. And he kept it there all year. And anytime anyone ever said something stupid, he would just... He would say their name and point. That's fair. So. Ah. Okay. So that's that's the first episode. We have to talk about Connor and Cordelia and what happened after they fought the beast. Yeah. How do you feel about this? I can't tell you. Okay. I'm... I kind of, for the first time this season, I kind of feel for Cordy. Okay. Because she's like, the world's going to end. The last person I slept with is Xander. <laughs> she slept with people in L.A. I'm, she has. I'm going to need some textual evidence of that. There's an episode about it. We covered it. Yeah, I know. We cover her getting pregnant, but it's a fuck, It's another fucking demon, which doesn't... Like, uh, okay, I'm pretty sure she's she's had. Some I, no, I specifically remember like she had a date with a guy and the guy drugged her. Yes, but he didn't fuck her because it wasn't him who impregnated her. Still, one night stands are a thing. It's really easy. Sure, dick is plentiful in Los Angeles. I know, but Cordy is picky. She's not that picky. Dave Sander. Like, so, um, yeah. She's, I kind of feel for Cordy. She's like, for all intents and purposes, she looks out the window like, I've been through a lot. Mm. Seen a lot of ends of the world. I have no handle on this one. There's no Buffy to deal with it. This might be the end. Might as well get laid. Okay. Also, this guy is, we don't know how old he is. Nope. But. Late teens. um, He's an adult enough. And we're all going to die. So why the fuck not? It'll make him feel better. And then he has the audacity to get pissy the next morning. Well, 
okay, so first of all, it is irresponsible to have sex with someone who is in love with you if you know you're not in love with them. But the world's going to end. Is it, though? Well, Just because was... fire's raining from the sky in L.A. does not mean it's the end of the world. I mean, let's face it. If that happened right now, we'd be like... We'd be fucking... Yeah, no, no. We'd be like, I hope this doesn't interrupt internet access. Fair enough. Like, like seriously, we'd just be, we'd just, you know, get the hose, wet down the roof, and go back to what we were doing. I just, like, I, I disagree. I feel like, you know, like, I wanted you to feel something good. Did you enjoy it? Yes. No, you don't have a right to any more. Okay, so that's fair. He doesn't have a right to anything more. This is where we jump into the next episode. However, the next day, she was playing some mind games with him. Yeah, because... Yeah, uh, that's fucked up. Because she's been done dirty by these writers. Mm. So... So you think this is bad writing? Yeah. Okay. Like, it's just... Like, Cordy is not written well anymore. So... Okay. So there's a conversation between her and Angel. Well, let's, like, first there's Angel seeing them fucking. Right. Which is, like, Angel, of all the shit you've done, Mm -hmm. shut up. Forever. Yeah, you don't get to... You can, like, you can either brood or you can be all, all, uh, indigent. Indignant? Indignant. Indignant. I I got there. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do both. Like, you can't have all this guilt about all the terrible things you you do and then see a woman you care about expressing autonomy in a way that is not your dick. Oh, see, no, I feel Angel in this one. Like, you tell, like, just a couple of episodes, she's like, yeah, we were in love, but now I've got a lot of things to think about. And she went... Like your fucking history. And she goes from, I have a lot of things to think about, to fucking his estranged son. On the last day of the... Oh, my God. If it was the last day of the world, that would be one thing. But, again, we have established evidence that signs of apocalypse and actual end of the world are two very different things, okay? Once the pre-SATs and doesn't fucking matter in the long scheme, in the long run... And once, you know, your actual thing. Until the actual thing happens, you don't get to burn your bridges like that. And I don't think Angel has any right to be mad at Cordy about anything. He doesn't have the right to be mad at her. He does have the right to not want to fucking be around her. But he's still... He's not mad at her. He's just disappointed. I don't care. (sighs) Like, I don't fucking care. Okay, that's completely uh, fair. Do you think that anything that happened in these couple of episodes is out of character for anyone? I mean, Cordy has not found her character since she's been back. Okay. Like, I haven't gotten my snarky queen back. Um, Where's my fighty queen? Where's my Cordy who ran over the vampires? That's fair. So. Yeah. Um. Being a higher power must really fuck with you. She was a higher power before. Like, well, she was a half-demon before, and she never lost her thing. Like, she's slowly been bled of her courtiness 
So, okay. and I kind of supported this kind of thing with Angel because it like it made sense on paper. And who the fuck else are you gonna go to? Mm-hmm. Like her only other option was Lorne. <laughs> who I think bats for the other team. I think like Lorne's a fucking free agent. He might be ace. He doesn't. He doesn't come across as someone who's focused on, on sexuality on any kind of level. I don't know. He feels very queer coded to me. But then again, Ace falls under that. I he, just don't. He is definitely queer coded. He is at least the way the actor portrays him feels very much like a gay man. He's flamboyant. He sings. He wears bright colors. Um, but yeah, Lauren's actual uh, sexual identity may be something beyond the gay-straight binary. Sure. Like, the writers know anything outside of that. They don't even know it's a binary, and it's just, like, straight and fag. Yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. So. There's definitely the heavy thumbprint of straight white men writing everybody in these episodes. Right. Yes. So let's talk about the attack on Wolf Ram Hart. Yeah. Um, it happens kind of pretty quickly. Like, first Connor shows up at Wolfram and Hart wanting more information, and really, that doesn't make a ton of sense, but whatever. He's a teenager. He's going to do impulsive things. Right. And then the Beast somehow follows him there and just starts tearing shit up. I did not... I had the impression that the Beast wanted to be there. Specifically. Okay. So, like, I... Whether he followed Connor or not, he had something he needed to do, which may involve the girl. Mm, Draining the little girl in the white room. I don't remember where (laughs) she's from when they talked to her last. Uh, I think either earlier in this season or late last season. And she's... She's just a conduit between this realm and that realm. So, another thing I like about this villain, like, not only does he keep his goddamn mouth shut, but his life does not revolve around our alternate Scooby gang. Oh, yeah. She's got, like, he's got stuff to do. Right. And it's, like, he's like, I don't have time for you assholes. He's like, ah, I'm trying to accomplish He doesn't go, like, here's one where, after the fight, it makes sense for him not to finish them off, because he's got other things on his list he needs to do today. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't care if these people live. What are they going to do? Call the cops? Her only friend in the cops tried to kill herself and then left. That's fair. Yeah. What are the cops going to do? Yeah. Wesley shows us that guns don't have any effect on him. Right. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That made me... I, I, guys, I hate... When it shows people sh- uh, doing akimbo, there is uh, guns akimbo. There is exactly one scenario where that is effective, and that is providing suppressing fire so that you can cover a retreat. You know why? Because you can't hit shit when you're doing that. Your eyes just don't fucking work that way. The only thing it is good for is making sure there's so many bullets flying around in so many different directions that your enemy is going to take cover, and that gives you room to like get the fuck out of there. Or gives you room for other people to get the fuck out of there. All right. So, yeah, you cannot hit anything when you're holding two guns. I've tried it. Mm-hmm. And, like, your instinct is, like, I really wish I could finish one of them and then use the other. <laughs> rather than fire them both, because you just can't... 
Yeah, it's not a good look. You're not gonna you're not gonna hit goddamn thing. There's so. a reason why dual wielding heroes in video games suffer a certain amount of accuracy and strength loss. Just saying. Um, but yeah, so guns aren't gonna work on this thing. Um, weapons aren't working on this thing. Nothing seems to penetrate it. Nothing seems to slow it down really. Hand grenade really just kind of annoyed it for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's rocks. It's made of rocks and lava and things, and it can't be hurt or killed. So, move to Miami? Yeah? Yeah? Uh, maybe not. So, um... Yeah, Miami's fucked because of global warming, so... Okay, not Miami. We'll go back to Connecticut. No, let's not do that. It's not too bad boring. Um, Seattle? Seattle. Yeah, I guess. That so, could be fun. We know how to deal with earthquakes already, so. That's true. We're going to have to learn how to be in rain, but I feel like there's too much sunshine already. Yeah, I feel like we've had enough sun and enough mosquitoes for a fucking lifetime. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he follows Connor to Wolfram and Hart, and then Wesley is there. Why is Wesley, Why does Wesley get a heads up? Oh, um, something, Lila... something goes to... Like, save Lila somehow, even though they broke up or something. Yeah, and it's like, this could be a, like, it turns out I care about you, but no, it's a, it's another flag that um, Wesley is actually good. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he kind of goes to Wolf from my heart, saves Lila. We still have no idea why he was there. Maybe he was dropping off her lunch. Mm-hmm. Um. They run away, and then as they're safe and escaping, she lets she she lets him know that Connor's trapped in the building. Yeah, well, we we in forgot... a classic Lila move. That was great. We forgot a lot. Like we ran over a lot here. So Lila's there. She has this meeting with Connor, and then shit goes down. Yes. So in the uh, meeting, in the middle of said meeting, right now we did see a couple of Wolfram and Hart people get out the door. Okay. Yeah. But this is like this is another way it kind of makes me feel like Game of Thrones season eight, and specifically because we saw all of those Dothraki die, mm-hmm. and we saw maybe five Wolfram and Hart employees get out the door, and then at the end of the season, where did all these fucking Dothraki come from? And I have no qualms. I have no doubt. Next time we see Wolfram and Hart, every single desk is going to be full. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't trust what you see on the screen. They're not all temps, guys. Yeah. So, that's, like, I don't know. Like, have they lost their workforce? If they haven't, why haven't you shown us that? Like, there's only a few people left behind. And can even keep the count the same. Just, like, show us more people getting out. And, yeah. And, of course, this is assuming that Wolfram and Hart is not dead. But, like, they can't... Yeah. Uh, anyway, our scrappy heroes. Right. Um, Wesley goes back and tells the scrappy heroes that Connor's in, in the building. Well, we forgot Gavin. Oh, fuck, I don't care. He gets killed without any fanfare. <laughs> well, he gets killed in the toilet paper room. Well, yeah. The secret escape that we knew had to be somewhere. Yeah. And then Wesley and Lila get out through that a secret escape. So... Yeah, so then we have the meetup at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then Cordy shows up. Mm-hmm. And then Wesley shows up. Mm-hmm. 
And Wesley says that uh, Wolfram and Hart's all fucked up, and they're like, well, yeah, like, okay, I, I have no problem with this. And then he's like, yeah, but Connor's there. Yeah. So <laughs> that means we have to go. Now, why the fuck did they bring Fred? I do not have an answer for that. Uh, you're right. She's kind of useless in a melee She fight. serves no purpose other than to, like, open the panel on the elevator, but... That's all she does, and also it's Angel who ends up pressing the code, so, like, there's no... They didn't know they would need to hack an elevator. And also, since when does Angel have a photographic memory? Like... I feel like that's been brought up before. Okay. I, like, I think it has come up before out of nowhere as well. Ah, yeah. So I think this is the, the second time we've heard about it, but we still have no explanation. So. Yeah. It's like, is that a vampire thing? Did he have it in his human form? Like, have you heard about my magic farts? They turn, uh, like, they turn <laughs> gold into chocolate. And you're like, where the fuck did that come from? And then he mentions it again. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I still don't know where the fuck yeah. that came from, this but at least, bullshit, you, at but least you're remembering that it's a thing. <laughs> okay, Mr. Happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... So then there's the zombie fights, which I just don't fucking care about. Yeah, I I like the idea that Wolfram and Hart might have some kind of failsafe where if it's under full attack, any downed corpses turn into zombies to fight the aggressors. I think that is solid uh, thing that they would have in their back pocket. So like, are these programmable zombies? Do they only attack the people who don't belong there? I think they attack the living. That's what it felt like. Then it doesn't feel like a good defense strategy, because if you have a shutdown mode when you're under attack, and, like, I get it, batten down the hatches and secure it, but, like, if they get some poison gas in there and they kill a few of your people, you don't want a threat from inside as well. Maybe it only kills people that aren't currently employed. Yeah. That would make sense, but that's not what we get. Also, why? Why are you wasting our time with this shit? It's like, I know nobody's going to get bitten. I know nobody we care about is going to turn... Like, the only person that we're supposed to care about that has any effect here is fucking Gavin. Yeah. So, why? Because they didn't want to spend the entire uh, 40 minutes fighting the beast and getting their asses handed to them. Right. the beast has to win. So there's a whole scene where Gunn is like, Oh, you have to close the door. I love you. And then they close the door, and then, like, 30 seconds later, they open the door and let him back in, and he's fine. Yeah. Like, there's no stakes here. Yeah. This is why I was looking at my phone during this shit, because I'm like, I know nobody's going to bite it. I was looking at my phone during this because it's just a general boring episode. They relied really heavily on zombie action to get them through, because yeah. zombies... And zombies aren't interesting to me. How zombies happen is interesting to me. And we don't get an answer for that either, but it's like, if it doesn't, if it's, if it's literally like, I like the defense thing a little better just because it's not, oh, this yeah, demon can do I zombies. I seriously don't think it was from the demon. And it's because like, it, I don't, it feels, if it's from the demon, then it's another spiders in the box. Yeah. That's, that's entirely fair. And yeah, man, did you hate those spiders in the box. And it's, Yeah. It's just uncalled for and there's no payoff. So why? It's not that there's no payoff. It's just like, here's a random thing that's super intense but has no backing whatsoever. No meaning. Yeah. It's just gross. 
Okay, so how did you feel when they get to the white room and find that the beast is already there? I was spending the whole time wondering if I could, like, I was racking my brain trying to figure out who this bitch was. Because I knew I'd seen her before, I just have no idea what role she played. Oh, she was in the white room. Yeah, what episode was that? Why was Angel there? Why? why, Uh, I forget what they needed to talk to the white room people about, but it was her. Um, no, I, I, I remember that, like, they've been, there has been a plot point in this room before. I just don't remember which plot point. <laughs> okay. Because they're all so throwaway. Let's see. Uh, okay, I'm looking it up. Um, oh, Angel does demonstrate his photographic memory in a previous episode called Super Symmetry. Super Symmetry. There we go. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Deedly-dee. There they are, shining in the sun. Dum, dum, Big ones, small ones, find the goddamn factoid already. Okay, she was the malevolent totem of Raw Tet. Uh, let's see. Was that the one with Gwen where they stole the thing? Um, she was first seen in the episode Forgiving, which was season three. Okay. 17th episode of season 3 she was raw tit fuck your raw tit raw tit raw tit yeah oh my god oh, guys we're vamping okay. <laughs> like I let's don't care well, yeah let's move on care. from little girl and he's sucking the life out of her and so like this part made me think that demon is here totally independent of Connor like mm-hmm. he does not give a shit about Connor and it's nice for a demon to not give a shit about anything. Like, it's nice for the center of the world to not be David Boring Anus. That's entirely fair. All right. So those are our episodes, guys. And, like, I'm just, like, I'm really, I'm really, I really gave these episodes a shot twice. But, like, what you've done with Cordy and Lila, like, these are the two things that I look forward to in this show. And they're not working for me yeah yeah so like has Lila like I'm still holding on to Lila because Lila is that one villain so far that one evil villainous human being that has not yet been pulled over to the good side mm-hmm. and I'm really afraid they're going to do that to her and where she's just going to go the way of Leslie and decide she doesn't want to be bad anymore Hmm. So. I suppose we'll find out. Yeah. All right. So sorry for the absence, guys. Like we're re- like I really want to be done. Like I want to like not be blocked on the uh, on the world, and I don't want I want to like stop yelling at my friends for posting vague things with the word Buffy in them. We'll be done very very soon. Yeah. And so we're, we're in the home stretch now. Just a few more weeks. Yeah. So we're going to do our best to, like, stay consistent. Not that we've been doing that for the past year. But, yeah, like... We're going to redouble our efforts. Sure. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.
was an unspoiled network podcast.